I told you last week that we were going to have a, um, a special guest speaker with us this morning. I should have just said a special speaker. He is not a guest speaker by any means, but um, uh, Mr. Al Cobb comes this morning to bring the Word of God to you, and I'm going to tell you, it blesses my heart to see men like him that are they're growing up into this world, and, and while they may be continuing to live out their lives in this world, they have one desire as they do it, and that's to bring God glory. And I see that in Al's life, and I'm excited this morning to hear what God has placed on his heart, and uh, it excites me to see young men. You know, not there. Uh, you read your New Testament, go all throughout the Bible, and you'll see that there were many times that, that people would follow Christ, and that people would follow Paul, and they would actually get in the race, but... Uh, not everybody stays. Not everybody remains. And Al has been one of those that he's hung in there ever since he got a taste of this thing. He's been full charge at it. And I'm, I'm praying and I believe with all of my heart that he's going to be one of these that, that remains. And he's going to be one that's going to keep speaking the Word of God throughout the rest of his life. And so if y'all would, y'all make Mr. Al Cobb welcome this morning. Thank you, man. <clears throat> Can everybody hear me? Feel feel really awkward with this thing on. I'll just move that. <sighs> Can everybody hear me well? I feel like I can't talk right now. All right, but anyways. So, like you said, my name is Al, if you don't know. Um, I went to Giles County High School. I became I came, started coming to this church my junior year of high school, 2012, I believe, of the year. But um yeah, this is this is my home. This is this is where I live. This is uh, this is my place. I've sit in those pews for for many years now. I may be gone from for time and time at school, but um, this is where I live. This um, it's important to me. I love this. I love community. I love this family. I love I love you guys. You're important to me. So uh, every time I get an opportunity to speak, that's what I love to do. Did you turn me up a little bit, or did I just look down? All right, cool. I'll look forward. Okay, so um, this message kind of comes from something that's been laid on mostly my heart. That, that's where most of my messages come from. Every time I talk to youth, it's something that I've gone through or something that I'm going through. And um, I don't know if you know, this summer I've been working with FCA under Ben Gooch, and I've had an opportunity to really minister to to Giles County's football team and their basketball team, a couple members on uh, a couple members of the basketball team at Richland. Um, I haven't really gotten to the football at Richland, but I'm going to. It will come. But I, I just got an opportunity. I got my hands wet in some ministry. If you've never gotten into some ministry, it's, it can be difficult. It can be draining. Um, I, I've I've spent a lot of time this summer away at at different FCA camps or ministry camps and where, where we really just pour into kids and I feel exhausted. Like two weeks ago, I was at camp. I came back with like the worst cold. I'm still recovering for it because I stayed up till two o'clock every night, woke up at six. But really, when you get into it, you realize that no matter what you're doing, that stuff's like, no matter how you're feeling, that stuff is important. I, will, I, will, I went to sleep four hours a night, but I felt like I had 10 because that stuff is, that's important. So really, I was, I was wondering, I was like, so why don't people do this more often? Why? And then God kind of put on my heart 
the fact that um, that we need workers. If we have more people doing just some type of ministry work, like you can do ministry without even being affiliated with the ministry program because you have the minister in you. Do you know that? So if you would, will you look to your neighbor and declare the title of my message, It's Time? Can you look to, just look to your neighbor and say, It's Time? It's, it's time. It's time. It's time. It's time. The time is now. And if we're ever going to change as a nation, we need to realize that it's time. In Matthew, Matthew chapter 9, I'm, pro- I'm going to go a little bit further, Nathan. I just kind of wanted to read uh, verse 35 through 39. I hate being stuck behind that podium. Yeah, you stand and just read the word with me, if you will. It says um, in verse 35 of Matthew 9, And Jesus went through all the cities and villages, teaching in the synagogues and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom and healing every disease and every affliction. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion for them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few, or the workers are few. Therefore, pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send laborers into his harvest. So you pray, God, I pray that that every word that comes out today is your word. I pray that that everything that happens today is your will, God, and I pray that their lives change, that their hearts change. And God, I know that you're going to do something amazing today. And I just love you. And we praise you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So this whole time I'm thinking, Jesus is out healing. He's out doing his ministry work. And the whole time, people are watching him. And what we should be watching for is how he does it because he's not going to be with us for long. So we're watching. And Jesus feels compassion because there's crowds of people. And these crowds of people, they're suffering with sicknesses, with illness, with, with diseases, with all, all types of things. They need Jesus. That's why they're coming to him. But th- I love what he said. He said that the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are, fu- are few. Therefore, pray earnestly to the Lord of, harvest, of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. That's one thing I never did, y'all. I, I can, this is, this is how this message came to me because I was reflecting on my time this summer and the reality of it was I had never poured into these kids like I should have. I've been around for three summers now and I haven't poured into these kids. I got a, I got a great opportunity this summer to minister to these kids, Dakota. I got, I've gotten a great opportunity to minister to Dakota. It's a trillion. And the whole football team. And it's changed my life because I'm realizing that it's not a bunch of kids that are just reckless and crazy. It's kids that know what to do, but they just don't have anybody to tell them what to do. They don't have anybody to lead them. They don't have anybody to guide them. They don't have any, any knowledge of the shepherd. So the first point we need to, I, I want to impress on you if you're taking notes, that we lack as a nation because we lack in workers. And that's our problem. 
and, and we pray, a lot of us pray, we pray to God like, God, please change America, change this world we're living in. There's bombings, there's people running down the road in crowds, shooting 90 people, wounding a thousand. Like, why do they do that? God, I need you to change it. But in reality, he's telling us to change it. It's our job. It's time. Look to your neighbor and say, it's time. It's time. We have to change America. And God empowers us to do that. We turn to uh, John 7. John chapter 7. We're just going to read the first six verses of it. This is where I really got the meat. I got the meat of this, ser- this sermon from John 7. I've been reading a little bit through John because I want to I know. Like a lot of times I, I really realize that I really, don't, I don't really don't have a good picture of the crucifixion. I don't really have a good picture of what Jesus has done for me. Did you know that you can read, the, read that in the Bible and you can, decide, you can figure out what it is? But um, chapter 7, verse 1, it says, After this, Jesus went about in Galilee. He would not go about in Judea because the Jews were seeking to kill him. And it's a good idea. I'm talking about ministry. If, you, if you're going somewhere and somebody's going to kill you, you might want to think about it just a little bit. Now, the Jews' feast of booths was at hand, so it was important to him. So his brother said to him, leave here and go to Judea that your disciples also may see the works you are doing. For no one works, for no one works in secret if he seeks to be known openly. If you do these things, show yourself to the world. For not even his brothers believed in him. This is where it is. This is where it is. Listen, don't miss this. Jesus said to them, my time has not come yet, but your time is always here. Look to your neighbor and say, it's time, please. I hope this is my water. Waterfall. But um, our time is always here. I want to read, for no one works in secret if he seeks to be known openly. If you do these things, show yourself to the world. They say that to Jesus, but this is what Jesus wants to say to them. If you do these things, you'll show me to the world. That's important, y'all. You need to realize it's important that we show ourselves to the world, that we show Jesus to the world, because he's not, he's not physically walking on this earth, but there are a hundred people in here with Jesus in them. Hopefully there are. We'll get to that in a little bit. If Jesus says that it's always our time, why don't we continue to do the work of God? So the second point I want to make is it's always our time. It is always our time for ministry and our time to work. So why don't we? So why, why don't we? To the, to the ministry of God? Why don't we go out and we tell people? Why don't we show it in our actions? I, wanna, I just want to talk about, just for a second, this thing called death by distraction. See, the, the reason that we don't remember that it's always our time is because the devil distracts us. He distracts us with many of different things. See, I've learned, God's shown me recently that devil's already defeated, but like, his, his sentence is already written. But one thing that he can do, though, 
is distract you. So all he's trying to do is distract you. That's all he can do is distract you from the power of God, from the will of God, from the, from the words that God tells you to do. That's the only power that he has. That's all his power, and that's the limit of his power, but it's, he's powerful in doing it. See, I've learned that just looking at the stuff, the racial stuff that's going on, if, if the devil can tell white men that it's the black man's fault and not his fault, that's where it goes wrong. If the, black, if the devil can tell the black man that it's the white cop's fault, that's where it goes wrong. We need to be a nation that tells that, that we know that it's not, it's not their fault, it's Satan's fault. We need to fight Satan. That's who we need to fight. We're not, we shouldn't fight each other. We don't need to lift up. We don't need to fight other nations. We don't need to fight other nations. It's our time. It's time. Look to your neighbor and say, it's time. It's time for love. It's time. We need to be a nation that's going to fight Satan. And we need to show that we need to show him that we're not going to fall for his tricks anymore. I want to say something too. If, if the devil can convince you that it's your husband's fault and not his, and we start fighting each other, that's where divisions come in the family. If, you're, if, if he can tell your husband that your wife is not beautiful, that you should go look after someone else, that's where he wins. That's why divisions come in the family. Because we are so caught up in the fact that, oh, it's your fault. Oh, it's not my fault. I'm doing a great job. I'm a great husband. I'm a great boyfriend. But it's the devil's fault. Why aren't we fighting the devil? I spent 15 minutes the other night casting the devil out of my relationship. Because I knew it was him. I was sitting in the truck. I was like, you are not going to win here. You're not taking it from me. Because I need this. You are not going to distract me. That's my rant. So there, there are two things that I believe in, in, in personal ministry that just Satan tries to distract you. First one is complacency. So if we talk about complacency, we think, of, we think about, oh, um, I'm doing a great job already. I come to church. I go to Bible school. I help set up all these pretty, uh, all these pretty things for VBS. I mean, I'm doing a good job. I'm doing real good. And then after a while, you're just like, where am I now? You're just sitting in the pews. We don't need, we don't need to be a church that's just sitting in pews. A lot, a lot of us, I was talking to Ronnie, a lot of us think we're doing our job because we show up. Anybody can come show up. That's all, that's all it is. Anybody can come show up. So in Galatians 6, verse 9 and 10, He says, and let us not grow weary of doing good, for in due season we will reap. If we do not give up. If you do not get complacent with where you are, you will reap. If you notice that we've been talking a lot about sowing and harvesting and, and going into the fields and working. That's what we need to do. If we do not give up, so then as we have opportunity, so every opportunity you get, let us do good to everyone and especially to those who are the household of faith. We need to do good to everyone. We need to show love. But if there are divisions in the church, 
If there are problems going on in the church, the devil's already won. That's what it is. That's the truth to it. If the devil can tell you that you shouldn't be at church because of some kind of thing that you're doing, even though I'm doing something, I'm judging you right now, then that's how we get to where we are, to where we don't have full unity in the church, and that's what God calls us to. So the, uh, the second thing, so we got complacency. Look to your neighbor and say, it's time for me to not be complacent. The second thing is you're just scared. A lot of times, I still struggle with this. Well, I'm still challenged by this because I don't struggle. I'm challenged by things. I don't struggle. And that's how we need to get as a nation as well. We don't struggle. We're just challenged. Because challenge tells you, I'm going to fight the challenge. I'm struggling. I'm just struggling. You feel that? <sighs> Something else I've been taught lately. It's good stuff. But um, so we're scared. So what are you scared of? You're scared of rejection. You're scared of persecution. Or really, you're just scared of outreach in general. Like, you don't even want to talk to nobody. You don't want to pray. You don't want to pray out loud. You don't, if, if somebody tells you to pray in Sunday school, you're like, no, I will not pray right now. A lot of us think, a lot of us were just scared. You've got to have strength because in the world, people are going to persecute you. People are going to talk about you. But just have heart. Just have heart. Have, just know that, I just know that, that God tells me to fear not, for he's with me. He's going to uphold me. He, he is going to speak through me to the nations. I don't have to worry about what I'm going to say. I just have to be there. And that's what a lot of us struggle with. We're not there. We just got to get there. So let's recap just a second. So we lack as a nation because we lack in workers. Our laborers are few. And then God tells us that it's always our time where we have a death by distraction. Did you know that in the medieval times there's a, there is a um, torture device? And this is what they do. It's called death by distraction or dememberment, whatever you want to call it. They take a horse. They take four horses. They tie it to each one of your members each one of your limbs, and they just pull you apart. So the devil, this is what this says to me, if the devil can pull the body of believers apart by distraction, if the devil can get you with death by distraction, if he can sentence you to death by distraction, we have a paralyzed body. We are dead as a body of believers. Last thing, we turn to Isaiah 2. Isaiah 2, 2 through 5. Um, I'm kind of wrapping up so y'all can get to KFC early. This is what I want to tell you. There has to be a trade. This is my last point. There has to be a trade. In Isaiah 2, verses 2, 2 through 5. It shall come to pass in the, in the latter days that the mountain of the house of the Lord shall be established as the highest of the mountains and shall be lifted up above the hills. And all the nations shall flow to it, and many people shall come and say, Come, let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of the God of Jacob. 
that he may teach us his ways, that we may walk in his paths. So we go up to the, we go up to the mountain. We've got an ascending, we're ascending up the mountain. And we get up there, and we, in that, uh, the house of the God of Jacob, that he may teach us his ways. God teaches his ways on the mountain, and that we walk in his paths on the mountain. But you got to realize that the miracle doesn't happen on the mountain because in the last part of verse 3, it says, For out of Zion shall go the law. Out of Zion shall go the law. And the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. So there's an outward movement. I'm thinking now of, now I'm thinking of the transfiguration. Do you know the transfiguration? Who was it? Peter, James, and John. Peter, James, and John were on the mountain with Jesus. And Jesus turns into this beautiful, just, just it just turns into, like, he just transfigures. His, his face is white, like the sun. His robe is white. It's just bright. And this is what Peter says. Peter says, oh, we should, he said, Jesus, let, let us build houses. Let's encamp right here. And then God simply says in the Alcab version, shut up, Peter. We can't stay on the mountain. I don't know if you heard Pastor Stephen in, the, in that hype up video, but he says, we can't stay on the mountain. It's time to go. If the word stays on the mountain, it will never get to the people. If it stays on the mountain, it'll never get to the people. If it stays in Zion, if it stays in Jerusalem, it will never get to the, it will never get to the people. In verse 4, it says, He shall judge between the nations and shall decide disputes for many people, and they shall beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. Nations shall not lift up sword against nation, neither shall they learn war anymore. O house of Jacob, come, let us walk in the light of the Lord. So this is what needs to happen. I'm sorry. This is what needs to happen. We need to trade our weapons of warfare and the work tools of worship. We need to trade it. You give me your sin, Jesus says, and I'll give you a shovel. He says, if you give me your doubt, I'll give you a rake so you can tend. If you give me just a little bit of faith, I'll give you something to build on. This is what Jesus is telling us. We need to trade our judgments. We need to trade everything. It's not even about us. Jesus calls us to work. Jesus calls us to work. We need to till the fields. I'm thinking of the parable of the, of the seeds. You know the seeds, one gets thrown on the rocks, one gets thrown and the, and the thorns come up. And, but one gets thrown in fertile soil. If we're not working in Giles County, if we're not working in America to put fertile soil everywhere, then we just have rocks. If we're not working, we're just going to have rocks. So then when a seed is planted, where does it go? It never sprouts. If we do not trade in our weapons, our judgments, I'm not going over there. If we don't, if we don't trade in our weapons, if we don't trade in our judgments, if we don't trade it in the fact that I'm not going to talk to you because you're not like me, 
we're never going to have the move of God like He wants it to be. So this is what I really want to leave you this, and the worship band can come on up if you want. It isn't our job. It really, it really isn't our job to change people. This is, this is what a lot of people get, get caught up on. Like, oh, I can't, I'm trying to change him so bad. I'm trying to change her so bad. But the fact is, the fact is, you can't change anyone. It's the spirit that changes someone. But how in the world are they going to experience the spirit if, they don't, if you don't see his qualities? If you're getting judged all the time, you're never going to want to be a Christian because all you think is that we're, uh, we're just judgmental people. So this is, this, is, this is what I want to challenge you with right now. We need workers. Doesn't that sound right for this week? We need workers for this week. We need workers every week. And we were talking last night. We need, we need workers to just say, put me in a spot and I'll volunteer. Just put me somewhere. A lot of us want to pick where we go. Everybody wants to pick like, oh, I don't want to be in the kids ministry. I'll strangle every one of them. I'm not good with kids. Actually, I'm great with kids. There's my little niece over there. She's 10 months old. But, um, yeah. But this is, this is what I want to challenge you with. We need workers. We need people to step up in the church, and we need to be servants. In, chapter, in verse 5, it says, O house of Jacob, come, let us walk in the light of the Lord. We will never be the light until we have the light. Jesus says, I am the light of the world. But then he says, we are the light. So this is where we go wrong. We try to be the light without having the light. If, if Nick asked me to give him $100 right now, I would say, I have $1 in my wallet. <laughs> because that's the truth. I have $1 in my wallet. So I can't, so I can't give him $100 because I don't have it. Because I don't have it. This is what you need to do. We need to find Jesus. We need to walk in the light of the Lord. And all it takes is something like this. Hey, man, I love you. Like, I know you're going through a hard time, but I love you. I know that I'm, I'm not going to thump the Bible on you, but I'm going to tell you, hey, I love you, man. I'm praying for you. Everything's going to be fine. When you go through a time of struggles, everything is going to be fine. It's going to work out. And even though, even though some, some challenges have been coming up in America recently with racial things, with, with all these other things, like I got my boy Troy here. Like, Troy, I love you, bro. He's an African-American kid, you know? But we have been friends for the longest. And that's what we need. We need people to just say, hey, I love you. If we're ever going to fix what's going on in America, we need to say, hey, I love you. We need to pray for each other. So this is what I want you to do. If you just kind of like an invitation, we need to walk in the light of the Lord. We need to walk in the light of the Lord. All you need to do is say, Jesus, I need you. You can come up here and talk to me. You can talk to Kevin or Nick or any, other, any of the other leaders here. You say, I need you. 
because whatever I'm going through is not going to get fixed unless I'm walking in your light and then unless I have your light that's the only way I can I can have you you know what I'm saying you have to have the light if you're going to be the light I'm really challenging you this week go out and do something be here serve and whatever you do be here serve whatever you do I don't care if you're going to basketball practice I don't care if you're going to work God has called you to work wherever you are. So come, Jacob. Come, house of Jacob. Walk in the light of the Lord. If you don't have the light, come and find it. Thank you. Lord, I come. I confess. Bowing here.
Securely, securely found. Securely found. 
Give me Jesus. You can have all this world, but give me word and um, thank you all for being here and being a part of our services. Um, I'm going to close us out with just a couple of announcements. I would like to say in case anybody was wondering and, and Al does not like homemade bread so if you happen to have brought him some I will take that instead. Just saying in case somebody was wondering that and he was going through your mind Al's not a fan of homemade bread so don't waste that on him. I'm sorry, you're right, I should not do that, but you know. Um, Al will be at the back door uh, shaking your hands this morning. I don't know why this had to be sealed, but it did. I got it. It ain't no trouble. Um, I'm, I'm going to be very brief. VBS kickoff is today. Um, we're going to start that. Uh, dinner will be from 5 to 6. Um, and then classes from six to eight thirty. That's that's the that's during the week. Let me do that again. That's what happens when you try to rush. VBS eighteenth through the twenty second. That's this week. Tonight is our kickoff. It will begin at five p.m. Please bring finger foods, preferably cool ones. We will be out in the building. Um, it is not the coolest place in the world, but it's what we got and what we use. Invite everybody to come out, bring some finger foods tonight at five o'clock for VBS kickoff. And then kickoff, I mean, VBS will be the remainder of the week. They'll be having dinner served from five to six, classes from six to eight thirty. So VBS starts at six o'clock each night this coming week. Awana's training. We'll be having our training or refresher July the 31st. That's a Sunday at one o'clock in the youth room. We'll be serving you lunch. If you're interested in um, helping with Awana's, and, and you've always done it or you've never done it, make sure you either give your name to me or Amanda. Let us know that you want to do what you've been doing. You're brand new and fresh and, and want to do something different. Um, whatever, it doesn't matter. One way or the other, make sure we get your name. Um, that'll be Ju July 31st at 1 o'clock. That's a Sunday afternoon. And, and it says 1 o'clock, but we'll do that right after services. We'll be serving you lunch, doing our refresher, getting you ready to go. August the 7th will be the start of Awanas. Um, this year we're going to put Awanas in a time slot from 1 o'clock um, to 2.30. 1 to 2.30 on Sunday afternoons. Um, we're going to give that a shot for a while, see how it goes. Um, that'll be from 1 to 2.30, Awanas. Um, on Sunday afternoons. August the 14th, we're having our family day at Mount Zion. We'll be gathering up at the creek um, down at Mount Zion. August the 14th, August the 14th, we'll meet around 2 o'clock, plan to eat around 2.30. The church will provide chicken. Please bring sides and desserts and plenty to share. Um, that is August the 14th, we'll be having our family day at Mount Zion down at the creek.
Um, it's a girl. Please join us for a baby shower honoring Elizabeth Collins, August 6, 2016 at 11 a.m., First National Bank at the, in the First National Room. Um, Elizabeth registered at Babies R Us and Walmart RSVP through my wife, Amanda. I'll put this in the cabinet so you'll have that information. That uh, baby shower is on Saturday, August the 6th, 11 a.m., First National Bank. Thank y'all. Again, Al, did he already go back there? Got you, bro. Made us at the back door. Let's pray. Father,